Welcome back to Happy Porch Radio, the digital agency podcast for progressive agency owners and web professionals. Season four is an exploration of diversity in our industry, especially gender diversity. This season, your host, Barry O'Kane, is joined by some wonderful co-hosts for conversations with agency leaders and diversity and inclusion experts. Welcome back to Happy Porch Radio. In this episode, the very wonderful Kate and I speak to Harry Gordon. Harry is a senior developer in an agency in Edinburgh and has recently started a group called Carers in Tech. In this conversation, Harry shares how suddenly becoming the sole carer for his younger brother impacted his view of work and eventually led to his desire to bring the conversation about the need for part-time and flexible working out of the shadows. Now, I feel very passionately that focusing on the time we put into work rather than the actual value and output of our work is bad for us individually, for our businesses, our industry, and for the whole world generally. And so much so that my business doesn't have an office. So I really, really enjoyed this discussion. Both Harry and Kate make some excellent points and use language that is much clearer and more powerful than I can. And listen out for Harry's calls for all of us to make work and our society as a whole a better place. So let's meet Harry. Hi, I'm Harry. I'm a software engineer. I've been in the industry for about 10 years. Recently, I became the sole guardian of my younger brother, Sam. And at the moment, I'm really learning to balance that with being an engineer. So I was part-time for a little while, now I'm full-time, and I'm learning to balance that and whether or not and how that, well, we'll get into that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. Exactly. That is the kind of really opens up uh, the door to a really interesting conversation. I want to talk about some of the the initiative you started and some of the work you're doing there. We're also brilliant, joined again by Kate. Hi, Kate. Hi. So, Harry, let's just jump into it. Tell me a little bit more about what you started to say there about you went part time and you know what happened uh, or sort of your experience of that and now reflecting back on that as a little while later what that has sort of started you your journey if you like mm. it was a shock and i think anybody can sympathize with this who's a parent and in the industry like the moment you have family involved your priorities change really drastically so in november of 2017 i became sam's guardian and there was a lot there was a lot happening around that And at the time, I was really struggling to manage my workload. I was still full time. You know, I took a little bit of time off to acclimate. But really, I just went straight back into it, which in in hindsight was probably a mistake. But there was a discussion with my employer at the time, and they didn't feel they were really getting out of me what they needed. And I can sort at the time, I really understood that. I thought, well, you've hired me for the senior dev role, someone who's really involved and really present and all of a sudden I have this other concern and I've, I've had to take quite a bit of time off and we sort of parted ways at, you know, we broke up for the, the Christmas holidays and we said, right, let's see how we feel in new year. Maybe I can go part time, see how that works. So what happened was I came back from Christmas break. I got into it and realized, yeah, like full time is really difficult to manage while I'm trying to construct this new family in a way, you know, we're trying to find ways of living together. He's getting used to school in Edinburgh and it's a lot of change really. So what I said, what we, what we sort of agreed to do was I would go part-time. I'd go down to three days a week 
and we'd see how that went. Barry, if you if you need to abridge this at some point in the recording, do that because it's a long story and not all of it's relevant. But basically, what happened was we we went part time, and for a couple of months we tried that. At the end of that period, they said, "Yeah, this works really well for us. We really like it. We feel like we get good value out of you as a senior engineer for three days, when we could." You know, we could go and get a, a graduate developer for the same money for five days, but actually we really like having you around. And that was great for me because I was I understood they were in a difficult position. And I would have I think I would have happily left at the time if they'd said, No, we don't like this and this isn't working for us. Uh, but I was happy that it was working for everybody. So basically what happened was about seven months down the line, I well, about seven months down the line, I'd been working part time and then they sort of decided that part time wasn't working for them. So eventually we ended up parting ways. Yeah, it was a really interesting experience. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. And, and I think that is really relevant. I think it's really interesting to try and some of the things, some of the, I sometimes struggle in the podcast to be talking about things about making them real. And Kate, I know that you shared, you know, you've got, you've got your parent, you've got, you know, caring responsibilities as well. I'm interested in your sort of initial thoughts there from what Harry was describing. I think it's, it's an unusual situation for you, um, Harry, in terms of not, everybody becomes a carer to a brother or sister but a lot of people experience becoming parents themselves or looking after their elderly relatives as their parents get older and as people are living longer it shouldn't be something that comes as a surprise or or, or something that we don't talk about nearly as much i think i can absolutely resonate with with everything you're saying harry it's it's not easy and and i work full time uh, and my husband works full time but we couldn't do that without the ability that we have to flex our hours and the support of other family members nearby in terms of that thing about taking a village to raise a child I think that's definitely true I think it's um it's really crap of your employers to not offer you a bit more flexibility because I'm sure you're not the only person that's asked to kind of flex their time and to and to go down to part-time hours and I'm sorry that you couldn't have found a way of, of working with that employer what happened next where did you go next so what happened next was basically I went well I'd been a, a parent for a little while then, and I was sort of getting to grips with it. So actually, what I started to do, well, what I started to do was I was looking for positions, other positions, and it was actually really difficult to find part-time work. And also, there's this pressure, even though I'm sort of established in my career, there was definitely this pressure to get back into a full-time position and maybe build up a like a, a better portfolio for maybe going freelance, because what I'm I'm starting so now I'm starting to talk to more carers and parents in the industry and I'm realizing that what a lot of us do is we do go freelance which is fine if you're quite well established and you have the skills and sort of like the the financial security to do that but a lot of people can't and that's sort of where I that's sort of where carers in tech has come from we can talk about that now so carers in tech is basically I realized that we don't talk about this issue as much as we should, probably, because there are so many there are so many parents in the industry, and we have such a deficit of women in the industry. And I, I honestly think I honestly think it's not a stretch to connect that to a lack of accessibility to parents and carers. So I'm I'm kind of interested that you went from, you know, this journey you've we've just talked about, and you sort of learning how to do that and going through and moving to part time and then moving on to the job, and then how you basically how that personal journey has transformed 
for you into I'm going to try and set up a little, you know, at the moment just a meetup, but potentially, um, you know, trying to get more involvement. So why the extra step? But it's been a difficult time, but I've come through this quite well. You know, like I am established in my career and I'm confident that I can get another position and I'm actually really happy where I am now. But what I keep thinking is it is an unusual position that I'm in, but it's also a fairly easy one. So I've taken on I've taken on guardianship of a of a young man who's 14 or 15 and he's you know, he can mostly look after himself. The demands of me as a parent are not huge. But what I keep thinking is how is anybody else able to manage like if you're a parent to a young family how are you meant to get by and that's really why I've started doing this because I'm I sort of think there's a conversation that needs to happen and there's more we can do to support young families you know I don't want to put words in people's mouths my my experience is very unique so I really want to start meeting more parents and carers in tech and hear hear what their experiences have been and sort of start to get a feeling for what it's like. Some of the stories I've heard so far, well, so that's what, so that's why I've chosen to start a meetup rather than anything else. Some of the stories I've heard so far have been really, really positive. So it turns out there are some employers in Edinburgh, especially that are really, really great for carers and parents and offer great flexibility in part-time roles. And that's been amazing to hear. As an employer myself, it's something that we've been looking at with our team um, in a slightly more formalised way recently after speaking to them about it. Myself and my husband run um, the agency and we take as much flex as we need around childcare and school commitments and those kind of things. But that's split pretty evenly between the two of us in terms of it's not me as the kind of mother taking on the majority of it, which I know is the kind of traditional view. But one of the things that I found really interesting when looking at the take-up of either formal or informal flexi time within the team is it's not just those who are parents, who are maybe caring for relatives um, and those kind of things that are requiring that flex. It's actually people who've got lives, you know, stuff to go and do and dentist appointment to go to and those kind of things as well. It's not exclusively people, parents and carers that, that are requiring it. So in that sense, it's everybody. It's actually 100% of the of the workforce that could benefit from flexible working and I think it's one of the things that you know as our lives are so connected to our phones and our technology why do we need to be in the office from nine to five it really doesn't make any sense anymore and I think that is we should be rethinking this not just in in tech not just in SME land but you know across the board and globally as well. Okay I totally agree I think so a big part of this carers in tech thing for me has been it's a culmination of a lot of factors I just think I think you're right the way we work doesn't make sense. The way our society centers work in our lives doesn't really make sense. So it's not it's not just parents and carers. Like one thing that's triggered this is what you know, we're an industry, we're very lucky. A lot of us could afford to work less. And how the question then is how do we spend that time? And a lot of us a lot of us do have families and we could spend that time with them. And that's that has an amazing value to society. But then everybody else, maybe they maybe they can spend the time more valuably, you know, within the community, volunteering or working on other projects. So really I sort of see it as an in, carers in tech. Carers in tech is in a way, it's a way to start a conversation about why don't we work less and why why is that such a crazy idea in tech? 
Mm, absolutely. Is there anything about tech in particular that you think is unique to, to the tech environment? I think so. Part of it for me is the there's a culture of overwork. You know, we keep talking about that. And I think we could. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we, we have, we're having conversations about that now, about how hustle is not awesome. It's just not okay. And the more you dig into that, you, the more you realize it's really deeply problematic. The other reason tech, it's partly because there's so much money here. So like if anybody can afford to treat people well, it's us. And generally we are quite forward thinking. We're quite forward looking and we do care about society. Hopefully all the people I meet do. So my hope is that if we start introducing this idea more, then we'll get some traction. The other reason is tech. I think as tech employees, we have quite a good bargaining position. So there's not really enough there's, it's really hard to find good devs and good designers and good project managers. So maybe if we all, if it starts to become the norm that we expect part-time working, that we expect flexibility, then maybe we'll get it. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's a good place to start in society. And I think as tech employs more and more people, any difference we make here has a large impact generally. So how long's the meetup been running? So it's really new. I actually... Basically, this sort of all came to fruition at the end of last year, and we haven't actually had our first meetup yet, but we have a lot of interest. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's really fresh. But I have started, we've started talking to a lot of people, and I'm hearing the same stories, and there's obviously interest, so it feels like a conversation that needs to happen. What are those common themes that are coming out of it? A, a lot of the common themes are people find it really difficult to balance without flexible and part-time. Another one is that, it's actually a lot easier to be in a position. So say you're in a company for two or three years and then you want to go part-time or flexible, then that's a lot easier than finding a new part-time or flexible position. And I wonder how much of that is because it's seen as a reward for good behavior um, when really it's not, is it? It's, it's more, it's something that we should all have access to. I've forgotten the other theme. <laughs> <laughs> But like it's, well, so I had a really good meeting last week with someone who's in a much different position to me. She's early 50s and has a nine-year-old and is, and she recently started getting back into the industry and she's found it really tricky and she's working freelance because that's the only way she can make that work for herself. There certainly are a lot of benefits, I think, to being your own boss. The longer I spend being my own boss, the, the less employable by anybody else I get, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely yeah, a thing, yeah. yeah. But she talks a lot about how, you know, this is a thing that I think all women in industry go through. Uh, you have a child and then there's an expectation that you won't return. And that to me seems, you know, I can't believe that we're in, we're nearly 2020 and that's still how things are. Absolutely. Uh, I was saying that the, the same to Barry before we started recording around shared paternity leave, which every couple, regardless of gender, is able to take. But the uptake on actually going on paternity leave for more than your allocated two weeks is so, so low. I, I read that it was between one and three percent, um, whereas in other countries, you know, it's either mandatory or, or there's significantly higher take up. Um, and that benefits everybody that that not only benefits the mother in most situations going back to work and, and returning to her, to her career, if that's what she wants, but also for the other parent and their child bonding and just to create a more equal society 
overall, I think. I agree so much. It's really interesting when you look at countries like Sweden. So I have family in Sweden and it's amazing to see men being, you know, being made to take a month off when their child's born. You automatically have such a, like a much better relationship with that child and you're a much happier person. And I think you can, I don't know, I just think, so there's a lot wrong with the way our society puts people in boxes. So the way we treat, we still think of women as caregivers and we still think of men as their providers. And that's crazy. From like, I know it sounds, that's an obvious thing to say, but that's crazy. And I think if we sort of, if we talk to men and say, actually, what maybe you want to step back and spend more time with your family, because that's, your value is not just whatever work you do, it's the same as anybody else. I really like the way you phrased that, Harry, there. <laughs> yeah, no, because quite often people, when describing that sort of thing, they say that it's somehow... I don't mean this as strong as I'm saying it, but somehow undervalues the caring part. Whereas what you're saying, the phrasing around that is like you as a, as in that example, the male part of a partnership, that you're more than just turning into the office. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's so many little situations where you see people value men as their work that they do. And that's that seems really awful. And I don't see, as long as we keep putting people in those boxes, there's no way any of us are going to get out. And there's no way we'll start to share parenting more equally. This is a bit of a tangent, but have you ever seen those really, you know, like father's rights organizations? Yeah. So some of those are really, there's some really great dad's organizations, but a lot of them are quite angry. And they're really angry because I think a lot of the time they're in conflict with the other parent and they're trying to see their kids. But like, I honestly think, I mean, that situation is really fueled by men not being involved in parenting. So you're attacking it much too late, aren't you? And everybody's furious. But really, if we just if we just shared parenting more equally at the start, then everybody would be so much happier. Sorry, that sounds like a, a massive simplification, but <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what gets me about a lot of this, that it is really, I think some of it is really straightforward. Yeah, so I was going to pick up on that as well. So there's two interesting themes of what we were just ta- talking about there. There's the sort of the individual, so my lifestyle, the, the responsibilities and the sort of completeness of me. There's, I'm really fascinated to hear you both talk about that sort of broader impact on society, the changing of roles and so on. What we haven't yet touched on is from the employer's point of view or from the sort of very traditional company entity point of view, how is that practical? So, Kate, when you said you started this journey of introducing more or making it more formalized, flexible, as an employer or as, from the company point of view, did you have any fears or challenges about doing that? No, it was something that myself and, and my husband and the other business director did. And it was something that we had assumed that everybody else knew that they could do. But uh, towards the end of last year, we kind of made it a lot more obvious. We were like, I don't care. I don't care what hours you work. I don't care if you want to work an extra half an hour every day and, and clock off at lunchtime on Friday or whatever it is. Like, as long as the work gets done and as long as we can allocate your workload accordingly so that we know not to book you in for half a day's worth of work on a Friday afternoon if you're not going to be there, then it doesn't make any difference to us what where you are or what you do. There was no fear from my perspective because we've got a, you know, a small team of nine and they're, they're super, super 
talented, they're super, super engaged, and they have our trust forever and ever and ever and ever and ever amen so it didn't matter to us whether they're working from home which only works actually for a small number of the, the team it's easier to do 3d animation when you're on your you know your designated workspace rather than on a laptop at home uh, but for other members of the team that's a much more of a, of a possibility and although it's you know still in its kind of infancy it's getting really really great feedback from the team and happier team you know, does great work and, and and that makes it means it win we we win too so just thumbs up here thumbs up all around and that's been my experience as well so it's really interesting harry when you talk about you know it, it seeming to be like a clear win both ways and i've always thought that as well it seemed but there's very there is still very much a a i don't know a fear or a risk associated with i can't just you know that somehow doing more than lip service to flexible working will somehow lead to chaos or reduce in quality of work or or, or reduce in, in the output or the you know the results that us as a team or us as a company are getting. One thing you said there, Kate, that really stands out for me, and Harry, and I know you, you and I have talked about this in the past as well, is that like so long as the work gets done and like you don't care the hours. That to me is really interesting because I think so much within companies and within teams, we're measuring time you know, we're clocking rather than talking about what is the actual work we're doing. What's the value of my, what, what's the work? What's the goals? What are the things I'm trying to achieve with this, you know, if we're here rather than just be at the office at nine to five, you know, I can be at the office nine to five and achieve nothing, but that's a win or is it? I know what you mean. And it's a real difficult one in what we do and what a lot of agencies do, which is charge for your time. <laughs> exactly. So how do you, how do you simultaneously charge for your time and have a flexibility around what is delivered in that time and and if you deliver it in half the time what does that mean for the amount that you charge you know (laughs) it's not a clear-cut answer there no there really isn't and that's a really tough uh, I mean uh, we're talking like two agency owners or with agency owners I think that's a real genuine challenge there's conversations we can have about you know those pricing structures but it still very often just comes down to our time and the skills we have you know and, and the impact that we're trying to have for the clients we work with. I've seen a, a move, especially amongst con- more consultative roles, where they've done away completely with kind of day rates and hourly rates and those kind of things. And it's a value-based proposition entirely. And that would mean that the amount that they would charge to a large organization with deep pockets, based on the impact that that consultant deems that they would have, would be greater than if they were working with an SME, for instance. And I think that there is the potential for agencies to take a look at that and to, to adopt a more value-based uh, approach to their pricing but I think we're probably a little way off that at the moment. Yeah I think that's something within agencies that's really hard but, but I mean the, the argument for that is really powerful because it's more than just a win for the agency. One of the challenges I have with that pricing model is when I'm the risk is that it motivates the agency in, for the wrong things so I, I should you know I'm ending up with a lawyer type mentality where I'm trying to clock you know bill hours rather than help the client do help you know improve their business or do a marketing campaign or do the outcome so it's one of the real uh, real benefits of potentially thinking about this whole gambit of this like this idea of like flexibility and working and freedom within teams building strong diverse happy teams and trying to join that chasm to their expect to the commercial expectations and the output and the value and of the work that we do it's interesting that the main i think the main place results only falls down is when you do try to bill to the client. So in some ways it's better. It's it's interesting to look at work environments where that's not the case. So if you look at the third sector, they're really, really amazingly flexible often. 
you know, so that's like a female dominated work environment. So it has to cater to that flexibility that you need to be a carer since we still live in a society where women do the majority of the caring. Kate, I'm really that your work, the way you're working, flexible working sounds amazing. It's, I think the major thing at the moment, it's really difficult to create a, an environment where you all feel comfortable flexibly working. And this comes back to what you were saying, Barry, about only paying lip service to flexibility, where people still don't really feel like it's something that they are allowed unless they absolutely need it. The environments where maybe it says flexible working on the job ad, but when you get in the office, there's a kind of, you know, it's frowned upon or it reduces your opportunities to grow within the team or within the company. I can definitely see that that's that becomes more problematic in larger companies where you where there are kind of more turning parts and also mm. where statistically you might be uh, more open to some people taking the mick out of the system and and um, pushing flex a bit too far and and those things but certainly that seems to me to be one of the benefits of being a small team is that you you do have the, the flexibility to make your own rules there's a theme coming out of this that I'm kind of hearing in that it's predominantly women that fall into those caring roles stereotypically which means that it's more likely to be women who are asking for part-time or flexible job roles which from a diversity perspective means that in industries like tech where part-time working is possible but you have to earn your stripes first you end up in a in a in a scenario where your your team and your company potentially is less diverse than it could be and this season has been talking about how inclusion and diversity within teams and within your organization is nothing but a good thing. Having different types of people with different perspectives working together on the same problems can help enormously. So there is a big problem here in that with that lack of flexibility, we're reducing the the pool of, of talent and the pool of expertise that we can bring to the table here in these teams. Yeah, absolutely. I think the more you look at it, the more it is a real a thing that hurts diversity. Um, so, so my partner, she's in the third sector. She has a couple of health issues that basically mean that it's really incredibly difficult for her to work full time. So she's able to work part time in her sector, but really by making full time a, a requirement of most tech jobs, at least as a, a gatekeeping thing, you're really excluding a lot of people. You're excluding anybody with a disability, anybody who with health or with physical or mental health problems, and you're really hurting diversity, aren't you? And then you wonder why tech is dominated by young men. And it's it's still alarming to me that we're we're a lot of us still sat around scratching our head, wonder, wondering why tech isn't very diverse. I mean, it's just an amazing conversation. <laughs> but what I what I wonder is, as we sort of have a few minutes left, and to caveat everything that we maybe do say next with, you know, this is just a conversation. But if you, we were to start to try and think about practical things people listening could be exploring with or talking about or potentially doing, and starting first of all with Harry, with people who have, who are going through or are experiencing some of the things similar to what you described, or even just those looking, you know, people with, with a family about to start and struggling with that diverse, you know, how do I speak to my colleagues and to my um, employers 
to have these sorts of conversations. Mm. I don't want to put you on the spot, no. but is there anything you, you think you would, you know, kind of say to, to those people? What I would say is if you start asking, if you're having a really hard time with your employer, you should probably know that there are a lot of people in the industry with your problem and there are some great employers out there. So I've started talking more about this in public because it does seem like a, a topic that you keep under wraps, doesn't it? It's sort of like a lot of people don't want to talk about part-time working lest their boss think they don't want a job, which is wild. But if you start talking to employers, I think you will find that there's a lot of great ones out there. A name that crops up a lot. I'm not trying to advertise them, but apparently Skyscanner in Edinburgh are really great for families. And I've chatted to a lot of people, a lot of employers like yourself, Kate, who are really friendly to families. And I think there needs to be some way to recognize those companies, maybe some kind of like a badge that you get to say you guys are actually great and you care about families. My other advice, this might sound wild, but I actually think with this industry where a lot of us are quite valuable in our roles and we could work less, I think maybe it would be amazing if a lot more engineers and designers, especially ones who are really established and maybe have a family or just have loads of hobbies or want to volunteer at a local charity, maybe you guys can just start going part-time, go down to four days, go down to three days. And I think if you're, what you're going to do there is you're going to do two things. You're going to help to normalize part-time working, which really will help a lot of people. And you're also actually weirdly creating a job vacancy. I don't know if that sounds like fantasy, but I think if more of us start to go part-time or go flexible, then it will really help the people who need it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that whole being the change you want to see thing is would be really powerful. So if starting from, you know, new babies, take your paternity leave, that child goes to school, be there for the school pickup, regardless of if you're, you know, if you're male or female or, or, or whatever. And yeah, flex your time because they're apparently more to life than work. What? And <laughs> <laughs> So I think absolutely, you know, I think everybody's got busy lives and everything that, that people w want to spend their time doing is valuable, whether that's parenting, whether it's caring for elderly relatives, whether it's, you know, arts and crafts or volunteering or, or choir or anything else like that. So I think you're definitely right. I think um, that it would do a lot to support the, the industry's burnout levels and mental health issues if we all took ourselves a little bit less seriously and did a little bit more around our, our, the balance in our lives. Just really quickly to flip that question the other way around to, to you, Kate, as an employer or speaking to people who are running teams or running small agencies, who maybe haven't formalized or done exactly what you just described, is there, again, not trying to put you on the spot, but what, what advice or thoughts would you share with them? Well, I think in my experience, and especially in the last year, I've realized that this job doesn't come with a rule book. And sometimes that's the worst thing in the world because there's nobody to turn to to, uh, to find out how you sh what you should be doing. But it's also a really, really great opportunity to define the rules that you want to live your life by and, and the, the rules that you want to run your company by. And 
you can do whatever works for you and works for your team. So I think just challenge that. Just try something with your team. Make it clear that it's a trial. See see what the feedback from the team goes. See how it works with your workload and your output. And if it works, then great. You can cherry pick the bits that work best for you guys. But the but you don't have to inherit the same rules as big business and and there there are a lot of flexibility and and a lot of options for being a small team i think that's great advice i think i think you're absolutely right you don't none of us have to inherit this these big business rules and that's what's hurting us really isn't it and i think my only my other advice to employers would be that you can actually by giving people the flexibility they need to live balanced lives and look after their families or look after themselves just their own health you're actually creating a better society in a really small way and hopefully the industry will start to reflect that the more that's the norm outstanding a very call to action i think harry we can finish on that feeling (laughs) (laughs) thank you both for that this is really fascinating for me that's an extra dimension almost to the diversity and and inclusion conversation which um, i love doing the, the one of the reasons i love doing this podcast is having conversations with with this like this with people like you who are um teaching me and hopefully we're having having some fun trying to um, slowly expand the conversation thanks bye harry we will share in the show notes on happy porch radio the carers and tech um, especially anybody in edinburgh or anybody who's um, interested in the same concept so they can get that'd be really great thanks bye thanks kate lovely to speak to you and best of luck with carers and tech you can get all the links and notes from this episode on happyporchradio.com where you can also find out how to send us questions, feedback and get involved in the conversation about this series. If you enjoyed the show, please share with anyone else who might enjoy it too. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 